0: Morning on what Christmas really means. Now I know to everybody um, we realize it's the birth of Christ, but yet from a sideline, there are so many more things we want to add to Christmas, and it does have special significance even beyond, if you would, the birth of Christ. And everybody has their own, what well, I guess, baggage they want to add to it. But I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. And I just drew that thought of what Christmas really means just to let us know that we need to focus on the important things of Christmas and not some of the riffraff or some of the things that you would see on television or divide us, so we need to make sure we're on track with what God has for us. All right, and I want to read, if you would, one verse, so turn, if you would, to Matthew the first chapter while we look to the Lord in prayer father thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your eternal word then to draw not only the strength that we need for us spiritually but to draw meaning to our hearts and minds to look at what the birth of jesus christ means to each and every one of us and we know lord if it wasn't for the birth we wouldn't have the rest of the story that jesus has brought to us in our personal experience with you so guide us now as we open the word um, anointed in a special way, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. One verse I want to read is verse number 21 in Matthew, the first chapter. And she shall bring forth a son, and now shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. Twas the Sunday before Christmas. And all was so clear. Everyone was so happy, smiling from ear to ear. When up to the pulpit, the pastor did spring. With glad tidings of Christmas, in his sermon he did bring. Telling the prophecies that God had foretold. And preaching the words so clearly and bold when he finished the message the story seemed right merry christmas to all and to all a good night amen i had to try my heart in poetry and what was that (laughs) amen well everybody knows i can't sing So I had to try poetry, and you see how that bombed too. But (laughs) I know what you're all thinking. Just keep your day job. It'll be okay. Amen. (laughs) All right. Well, in our text and many other scriptures, we can study and find out what the will of God is for us individually and for all mankind And we find that there are some things about the Word of God that God wants each of us to strive for. Amen? He wants us to be in the image of His Son. Did you know that? Do you know that we should look as much like Jesus as we can? Now, that doesn't mean you got to grow a beard or long hair or the pictures you see and and run around in robe and sandals and and do the things that you see pictures or stories told of Jesus, but we need to be in his image. And, of course, in Genesis 1-26, when God created man, that's what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to make us in his own image, verse 27 says god created man in his own image in the image of god created he him male and female created he them now you can't go back any farther than adam and eve that was the first if you want to say of the creation or of the history of what god was trying to get us to understand in, if you would, how he wanted man to respond to God. And when we think about the thought of being created, what is created? Well, that's something that tells a lot about the heart of God. See, God didn't have to create us, and then, man, have we created enough problems for him that sometimes I wonder if he even said, maybe I shouldn't have. And, And actually, in the Old Testament, he did. But we need to make sure that as the creation of God, we do our best to be what he created us to be, to be in the image of Christ. So anytime you create something, you take what you already have, you change it, mold it, swap it, roll it around, kick it a couple of times, and voila, it's what you expected it to be. That's a creation. Once you do that, it has a different, purpose it now has something that you can use in other ways amen now god made the earth and he put water and dirt on it and then inside of all that dirt and stuff there's minerals and there's all kinds of different things what do we do we could take those minerals and use them to our benefit to do other things if it wasn't for drilling holes in this earth we live on you wouldn't have had a car to drive here today in isn't that something huh Well, that's pretty cool. Amen. So we can use things, and God did that when he created us. So God was uh, so creative in his uh, his creation of man that uh, man and woman were capable of now doing things that he desired for them to do. The purpose he created them for, we can do some of those things. We can be what God wants us to be because he created us in his image and makes it possible for us to make the right choices to be what he wants us to be as his people. Amen? Well, because many of the chase the choices that people have made, they have, if you would, turned themselves into something that was selfish or something that they thought they needed to be praised for rather than being the righteous person with a praise for their creator that made them. Amen? Amen, now there's just way too many people in our world thinks the world starts with them and then goes forward. Amen? But no, it started with God and it moves forward from there. Amen? Amen, it's like the little pot of mud the potter has on his spinning wheel when he's going to make a vase or a bowl. He molds it with his hands and all that and spins it and And when he's all done, voila, a vase. Amen? But he doesn't expect that vase to say, I don't need you anymore. I'm a vase and I can take care of everything you created me to do. I, I don't need you anymore. No. Actually, the vase can't even get off the wheel unless the potter puts it in a place where it can have purpose. Amen. And what he wants us, the the vase never does say to the potter, get your hands off of me. But as I look around the world today at people that God has created, it's as if they're saying, God, get your hands off of me. Leave me alone. I'm doing fine by myself. Well, with all the wrong choices that man have made, it brought sin into the world, and that sin entered to the hearts of that person that has turned their back on what God created them to be. With sin in their hearts, the image of God in their lives becomes distorted. It's not what God intended. Therefore, man needed a redeemer to save his people from their sins, as we read to you in Matthew 1 21. The Bible gives us several thousand years of history to make God's will for everyone very clear. Amen. You know what God didn't tolerate in the Garden of Eden? He doesn't tolerate that in 2022 either. Amen. It's still the same. We can learn from them, we don't have to make all the mistakes, but the reason most of us uh, don't know what the will of God is is we just don't take enough time in God's Word and listen to the Spirit of God to listen for the truths that God wants us to understand to be in the image that he created us to be. Amen. They, they've given us, the if you would, the acronym of Bible, B-I-B-L-E, And we uh, have interpreted that to mean it's basic instruction before leaving earth. Amen. You want to know how God expects of you? Why you're on this earth? Here it is. Right there. Amen. God will take care of that. If I didn't know the mistakes of others in their relationship with God, if I had had my own personal situation taken care of, Man, would we not be in a big mistake? If all I did was walk in the footprints of everyone else that's making bad choices, and I didn't listen to the Word of God or the Spirit of God, wonder where I'd be right now, if I would even be still alive. Who knows? Amen. But what we need to do is make sure that when we have that personal touch with the Word and the Spirit, it makes a difference in our lives. Amen. You know you only have to lie once to be a liar. You only have to steal once to be a thief. Hmm? Amen. You only have to sin once to be a sinner. But thank God for the mercy, the grace, and love that He sent in His Son, Jesus Christ, that we could be what He says, He shall save His people from their sin. Amen? Otherwise, we would just be, if you would, stuck. So when we read of the four Gospels and see the person of Jesus from birth to death and even beyond in resurrection and ascension, we can see the complete story of the purpose that God sent his son in this world to accomplish. Now, I realize a lot of people and the majority of the people today in America can probably tell you Christmas stands for the birth of Jesus Christ. If they never darken a church door or never sing joy to the world, they know Christmas is, if you would, a celebration of the birth of Christ, even if it doesn't even touch their heart. And because that scene is not the full picture of our Savior's ministry, it's easy for a lot of people to turn to trees, lights, Santa Claus, shopping, gift-giving and receiving, reindeer, and snowman. amen, to take, if you would, the place of the birth of Jesus Christ, amen? But don't let that be the real reason for the season, amen? Jesus Christ had a purpose when he came. Man, Bunny got me a tie, says that. Cool, huh? Amen. He's the reason for the season. Amen. I believe Christmas has become far too commercial. Amen. Is there anybody here that's got their Christmas shopping done that's done it for less than $1,000? Paul's the only one because he's a Scrooge. I understand. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) All right. All right. Now, don't get off on Paul while I'm preaching now. All right. But it is very commercial. Amen. Amen. A lot of you have given me something. I knew you had to sacrifice and go shopping with an intention of thinking of me and what I need. Yeah, a book on how to retire. Good. I understand that. And we understand that there are times it's good to be a person that gives. And sometimes if there's going to be a giver, there has to be a receiver. So we have to take all that into consideration. Amen. But I can tell you it's way too commercial what is happening what we call christmas in america in 2021 amen that's why i do like groundhog day a dozen roses six or eight bucks pow we're on our way amen i could tell you in my phone i can go back to 2021 2020 2019 and i got a picture in my phone of what I gave my wife on Groundhog Day in those three years. You know that? If you don't believe me, ask me after church. I'll show them to you. Amen. It won't take long because I've only got about ten pictures. Amen. But I don't have any pictures of what I got her for Christmas. Nothing else. huh? Just Groundhog Day. Amen. we got to keep our priorities in order. Amen. Amen. Well, we need to wake up as people... And let's put Christ, if you would, back in Christmas and make him the center focus of what we're doing when it comes to the end of the year in the December month uh, to think about what Christmas is. We really see God's dealing with mankind down through history, and it took many forms of forgiveness on God's behalf. I want to give you just a few of them. For example... With Adam and Eve, they knew they messed up. Yep, but God was available to walk with them in the cool of the day. That's what the Scripture teaches. Amen, you mess up, don't run from God. Don't hide from God. Walk with him in the cool of the day. Amen. Then we find it got to Lot's day. We found that was an evil that God uh, didn't appreciate at all. He even sent messengers to those cities where Lot lived and asked them, well, the messengers he sent were angels. Amen, just like me. Amen. We got to speak the message as angels. And because the message fell on deaf ears, the angels didn't have to suffer. They told the truth. Who suffered? Those that didn't listen or heed to what God had to say to them in Sodom and Gomorrah and they were destroyed by fire and brimstone the scripture says amen and we can move over a little bit farther in your Old Testament and find about Noah Noah preached for a hundred years did you know that? I got a ways to go yet but uh, I'm I'm getting closer but he preached for a hundred years man you know what he had to show for it? his wife his three kids and the three wives of his three kids. Huh. Eight souls in Noah's congregation in a hundred years of preaching. Whoa. You'd think, man, that's not very prosperous. But you see, you also have to understand it's not up to the preacher, it's up to the people to accept what God has for them. And since they didn't listen, yep, the wind of heaven opened and the floods fell for 40 days and 40 nights, and if you would, the world started over again from scratch, amen? God has tried famines, God has tried wars, God has tried different kings, God has tried different prophets, different judges, and even when he did different things, it didn't seem to affect the people the way God thought it would, if you want to say it that way, or it didn't bring the results that you and I, looking back, would think it should have brought. He even set up a system for them to, if you would, get away from the sin business. It was called sacrifices. It was done by the priests and the high priests. They didn't to Nothing. They didn't pay a bit of attention to that. I'm sure there was a handful. I'm sure there was some. But for the most part, um, they were using animals to cover up for all the sin that they had committed. And all that ended up being to no avail. Because it still didn't reach where God needed to touch them. Because the people didn't have a heart to live in the image of God. Again, we read in Matthew 121, it says, For he shall save his people from their sins. Well, the Bible is very clear that our only hope is now in Jesus Christ. I don't know. I hear a lot of people preaching things of the future, uh, what's going to take place, what's going to happen, a second chance. Or I don't read of any of that in the Bible that God has given me the understanding of what I'm reading. Amen. Oh, I know they teach you there's going to be a rapture and then there's going to be a millennium and then there's going to be and then there's going to be. No, when Jesus comes again, that's it. Amen. I know they teach all that, but there's no plan in the word of God for a second chance if you refuse Jesus Christ amen he is the only answer God has for us today amen there's no works you can do I don't care how many bathrooms in the church you remodel that's not going to get you any closer to God amen the girls appreciate it but it's not going to get you to heaven or get you a better seat there it's just something you thought we needed to do to make things presentable in the work we're doing for God there's nothing you can buy no amount of money you can give to get you any closer to God. Amen? Mike appreciates it, makes his job as treasurer easier if you drop a few bucks in as you walk by the plate. That's a pretty cool idea. And it's even, the tithing is even taught by God's Word. Amen? God hasn't quit uh, requiring a tithe of his people. Um, it's still in there. I don't want like to preach on it because everybody hangs up on them when I mention money. But you can't buy salvation. Amen. You can't work for salvation. Salvation only comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus only. Amen. You can try all the other ways, all the other systems, all the, whatever you want to call. Uh, but we need to make sure if we're going to be in the image of Christ, it makes a difference in our life. So when we ponder on the thought of what Christmas really means, we have to focus on the one who we have much evidence about and that one that set an example of what being in the image of God physically looks like. Now it would be one thing if God said I want you to be in my image and he's a spirit. So we can't really comprehend a lot of things. We talk about the eyes of God are on us. God doesn't have eyes. He's a spirit. And we're holding to God's hand. I don't have hands. Amen. But God has a way of relating to us in our physical condition and using examples or metaphors or whatever so that we can understand what God wants from us in our lives. Amen. That's what it's all about. So Jesus, uh, the scripture says that was tempted in all points and yet without sin. In Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Let me read that real quick. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It won't take long. Amen. That's first Hebrews, isn't it? Amen. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but that means on the other side of the coin. The flip side of that is that uh, he was... Uh, was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need amen you can't buy your way out of it you can't work your way out of it you need to come boldly to the throne of grace to find your way out of the circumstances you've gotten into by the bad choices that you've made. Amen. Now, I don't understand why so many don't see the reality of the fact that we aren't on uh, Jesus' team when it comes to living this life here on earth. You know, there's two teams, right? Jesus has a team, and there's another guy that's got a team. And he's fighting against Jesus' team. And it's up to you to choose which team you want to be on. Amen? You need to understand. You're either fighting for Jesus or you're fighting against him. Amen? That's just the way it is. So when we see that, and there's two teams, God has one, Satan has one, and you and I need to make sure we're on the team that'll take us to our eternal destiny that we would prefer to be a part of. Amen? Now when we think about what Christmas really means, the word Christmas comes from two words that we of course we know the first one is Christ because without Christ there is no Christmas. Amen he's the reason for the season and mass. Mass means to celebrate or worship. There's many um, in the dictionary uh, definitions for mass could mean a whole bunch of this so you mass of people or a mass whatever but the, the root that we take with Christmas is it means to celebrate or to worship what we have in Christ. Amen? Now when that word we use uh, as mass in our 21st century in religious language usually we think of the Catholic Church. They are the ones that consider their worship services a mass. Now I'm not a not the all booked up and studied up on mass, but I know a little bit about it and I know uh, what it is and I'm not putting them down for it. They put more emphasis on certain parts of the gospel than other Christian churches do and it doesn't throw off on them a bit more than if you would, you want to say a Baptist or a Pentecostal or anybody else. They just have emphasis on different areas of that. And for example, they really put a lot of emphasis on Mary being the mother of God. All right, well, that's okay, she was. All right, but now let's uh, let's keep it all balanced when it comes to the scripture. It is true, but that's not the core message that God sent when he sent his only begotten son. He sent him so that it says, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. I have to tell you, for any baby, the mother's important. Amen. Just can't get around it. Amen. Um, until they, I guess you want to say they can clone us or or raise us from a, a petri dish or whatever you want to say from science or whatever situation. Until then, mothers is how children come into this world. Amen. Now I know there's more to it than that, but the success of any child really depends on the mother. But once a child becomes a man, there comes a time when he has to let go of mom's apron and start being a man of his own. Amen. So once he becomes a man, he's got to stand alone before God, even as Jesus did. Now, there's a lot in the Scriptures that we can read in first uh, in Matthew, the first and second chapter, and in Luke, first and second chapter, that show us how important it was for Jesus in his um, earthly family to uh, help him get his uh, life started and then you know what happens it jumps from age 12 to age 30 in jesus's life we don't know hardly anything matter of fact i don't know of anything that i can point to in scripture that said jesus did this somewhere between age 12 and 30 huh that's a pretty big gap there for us not to know anything about him. well somebody was taking care of him and he was probably interested in hooking up with God, if you would, and making sure he was becoming the image God wanted him to be, that physically we could understand how to be more like God. So to understand what Christmas really means, I want you to see what the angel said in Luke, the, the second chapter. I just got a, a couple of things I want to say out of that. In Luke, there in verse 10, And the angel said unto them, of course, this is the angel that's talking to the shepherds on the hillside of Bethlehem, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That that might even include us. For unto you... is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know what? Jesus was born Christ the Lord. It doesn't. He didn't have to work into it. He didn't have to grow into that mold. That's the way he was born, according to the angel. Now, when the angel would say to me, if I was to run into an angel, if you would, that's floating around and I'm on the hillside watching deer or sheep and he comes down and lands in the tree stand besides me and says, i got some good news for you. That would get my attention. And it did get the shepherd's attention. He said, I've got good news of great joy. Do you know the greatest joy you'll ever know is knowing Jesus Christ? Amen. You can't get any more joy than to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Nothing makes us happier than, it, than when we hear good news. I mean, there you can just tell me the best news you've heard in the last two months, the like best good news you heard. Man, it'll put a smile on your face. Amen. It may be something that, that I'd think, nah, ain't no big deal, you know. But to you, amen. Amen. When the boss says, you're getting a raise, there ain't no one of you in here saying, oh, man, I got to go home and tell my wife bad news like that. Oh, come on, boss, can't you take it back? I don't think I've ever met the person that's ever done that. You know, man, they can't wait. He don't even get out of the office until he's texting the wife, $6 an hour more. Woo! Amen. She's got to spent before he gets home. Amen. Good news, right? Amen. We all love that. When the doctor says everything looks great, you know, oh, man, why don't you run those tests again? No, 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 no. Everything looks great. We're going to smile. We're going to enjoy that. Everything's great. And when the angel said, I got good news for you, man, they sat up and took and paid attention. Amen. And even when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, hmm, that should make you smile. Amen. That should make you want to tell some people. That should make you want to make some changes in your life over the way you were living so that you don't have to put in for that same forgiveness down the road somewhere. Amen. Good news is, brings great joy. Amen. And the shepherds were excited about this good news and this great joy. So when the angels told the shepherd the good news, they took the very first opportunity they had after they got that good news to go see the event that they were talking about. Amen. Verse 30 said, after they saw, this good news in Bethlehem wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger verse 30 says that they or not 30 verse 20 sorry the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God Woo! that's good news when you're going to praise God for what you saw for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them good news amen good news travels fast amen there's two kinds of news and all of them travel pretty fast but man is it better to have good news or bad news amen we want to hear that good news and they went and praised god and glorified him for what they had heard and seen all right now go back up to verse 10 if you would and they went on to say the angels that is about this news It's not just for them. Now, it would be one thing if they came down and said to them, you know, I got good news, but it's just for you shepherds. Huh, that still would have put the smile on their face. That still would have tickled their joy inside of them, made them feel good, but it's not just for you guys. This is such good news that everybody can have a piece of this pie Everybody can share in what you you are going to see here. Amen. It says this good tidings is to all people. And I guess that even comes down to you and I. Amen. Does that include us? You better say I reckon. Yep, you're included in that too. It's all about all of us having the good news that he has. Now, whether the good news was of a baby being born... That surely is good news. Amen. All of us are happy about that. Amen. We're happy when a baby's born. Amen. You guys did great. We're waiting on the next one. All right. More good news. Done? Oh, next. All right. All right. We'll see. Amen. But it was good news. Amen. I can remember. Sisters uh, Terry and Brother Steve we couldn't hardly hold them to the pew when they found out they had another child. Amen. Another granddaughter. Amen. Great news. Amen. Well, here the good news is that a child was born, but this one was not just born a baby. It was born a Savior. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Amen. I have no idea what the, the child that uh, we see it being born through. Allison, Jess, we don't know what the, what's going to become of that 30 years from now, but we did know when Christ was born, he was going to be the Savior. Amen. He was set apart for that, and God was going to see to it. Do you know that that doesn't happen very often? I can't remember when I was born, but they tell me the only thing they said about me was, ah, it's a dude. But nonetheless, it's stuck, and I'm glad that I could fulfill what my purpose was when I was born. Amen. But now for the Israelites, for them to say a child is born, that's a Savior. Whoa. They had been looking for years, thousands of years for the Messiah to be born or to come into the world in any way that God wanted to bring it in. They really didn't have a clue, if you would, per se, on how it was all going to happen. I knew they, they probably knew about the, the fact that a virgin was going to have a child. Isaiah told us that. They probably knew the government was going to be his shoulders. His name's going to be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. They knew all of that from prophecies but how it was going to happen, they didn't know. As a matter of fact, other than the shepherds, there was very few that even knew about it at all. Now, we, we studied on that a little bit uh, Thursday night when the wise men came from the east looking for Jesus. They seen his star. Now if they came from the east and went to Jerusalem, they went right through Bethlehem where he was born and didn't stop because he wasn't there. Amen. They didn't have a clue as to where they didn't even want to go to look for him. They went to places where they thought he would be. They went to Jerusalem and asked the king, where's this one that's born king of the Jews? He started looking around. You got me? I don't know. Never seen that one before. And he was right under his nose when he was eight days old. Whoa. Uh, Some people got to get their head on straight, don't they? Well, even for the Israelites or the Jewish believers, the promise of a Messiah was now a reality. Amen? But Because God brought us the Messiah in such a small package, care must have been taken to protect that precious package until the completion of what God had for him in the life that he wanted him to live. The care of that child was given to quite a few. Now, we know it was given to Mary. We know that Joseph played his part in caring for the young child But man, God had angels all around him. Amen. Amen. He had other people looking for the baby. The wise men were. They couldn't figure it out until they got the right uh, instructions, if you would, from the star. And the care of that child took several. The angels watched over them. There were dreams yet that uh, Mary and Joseph um, got from God and how to care for that child. You know, he had to go on vacation as a little boy to Egypt so that Herod, when he wanted to kill all the boys in all his territory, wouldn't get to him. That took special planning, if you want to look at it that way, to get him out of the country so he wouldn't be slaughtered by that old jealous king who thought he was so important he didn't need God. Amen. It was because on one hand, the Messiah was welcome. But on the other hand, many people saw the Messiah as a threat. Herod did. He was a king. And he was told by the wise men, this baby that's born, he's king of the Jews. No, Herod said, I'm king of the Jews. Huh. What do you think? That's a threat to him. He thought he was going to lose his job. Something was going to happen to him. The Pharisees, they thought they knew everything there was to know about God's plan for God's people or any people. Amen. You needed to live as good as a Pharisee or maybe just a little bit better if you had any chance of making it to heaven. That's the way they saw it. Amen. Then there were priests that operated in the temple. There was the high priest, And then there were just the, if you would, every day do your thing kind of priest like Zacharias he was in there doing his daily duties when he was told about he was going to have a son named John amen those people some of them had good hearts some of them were doing the work of God but for the most part the rulers and the high priests and all those that are around Jerusalem at the time of Christ coming into this world they had a selfish attitude about it they thought they had all of God in the can that they could carry Amen. We'll just put God in this bottle, put a cork on it, and I'll take him with me. Well, God doesn't operate that way. Amen. He operates on the hearts of people that want to see him do, their, do the will that he sent for them to do. Now, all these were threatened only because they didn't understand the reason for the season. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Amen. You know, all those people that felt threatened by Christ, the ones that he got in their face, if you would, and said, you guys are just hypocrites. Boy, that'll get you a black eye in a hurry, won't it? Amen. You don't want to say that to too many people, even if you believe it. Amen. You'll be threatened by them. But God could have moved on all the Pharisees in such a way, and I'm sure he did, and offer them the opportunity to get saved. But they rejected it because of their own personal choices and decisions they wanted to make. Now, do we know of some of them that did get saved? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm in. Joseph of Arimathea. Huh. Nicodemus. And even a guy named Saul who later changed his name to Paul. Those guys were all Pharisees. Amen. They thought they had God in a corner and they were going to be God's right hand man, if you would. Well, uh, No, God has a way of getting to a person's heart and showing them the error of the way. You see, it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe as long as you meet the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and then let him lead you in the life that he has for you through the direction of the, the two witnesses his word, and his spirit. Amen. You know, when it comes to being a Christian, we all meet at the same level. There's no big I's or little U's when it comes to salvation. Amen. We all have to come, if you would, jerk through the same knothole that God has pulled us all through to correct the choices we've made. Amen. So if you get saved, don't think you're something special. Don't think that you're going to be something that everybody else needs to look to. We need to look to God. We need to understand his word and the teaching that his spirit gives our hearts so that we can be the one who really knows what it means to, to understand what Christmas really means to us. And we need to make sure we get it squared away in our hearts and minds that from now on, We're going to be as close as we can be possibly in searching out the image of Christ for our life and be that in every way we can. See, God has put his finger on your life. And he showed you where you need to step up your game. Every one of us. Amen. I don't care if you've been saved a week or 25 years. You'll see a progression in a Christian's life where God says, I've got things I want you to do to be the child of God I've called you to be. So what do we got to do? We use the term measure up, grow in the spirit. We need to do the things that God has put there, and that's the only way we're going to find the peace that God intended us to have. That's the only way your peace will be, the peace on earth and goodwill to men that the angels promised. Amen? Now as Christians, I don't want you to think once you get saved, you've got peace on earth and goodwill with men and everything's peaches and cream. It doesn't work that way. Amen? There's still going to be battles. But at least we're battling now for the right team. Amen? Remember, there's two teams. You've got to make sure you're battling for the right one. Now, if the shepherds 2,000 years ago were smart enough that they needed to see that they needed to glorify and praise God for what he had done for them in showing them this Savior that was Christ the Lord, maybe we should follow in some of their footsteps and realize Jesus is the real reason that we need to celebrate Christmas. He's the real reason that we need to step up And be what we should be in the things we need to do for God. Amen? Now, I got to tell you, as we grow, and I can tell you as a man, there's four stages of a man's life as Santa Claus. First, you believe in Santa Claus, second, you don't believe in Santa Claus. Third, you become Santa Claus. And fourth, you look like Santa Claus. Amen. Amen. Ba, 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 ba. Amen. God's good, isn't he? But we need to keep Christ in Christmas and in our hearts and life if we're going to enjoy the peace on earth, goodwill with men that God has promised us to be. Amen? Amen. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it.